it's kind of meaningless unless you can put some elbow grease behind it and work. Welcome back to best hour of their day. Returning guest, not only a returning guest, one of our greatest dropping in episodes ever. What are we doing? Go. Okay. I see. I see. This is much harder than I thought. Oh my god. What the? I'm sweating. Foolish. I gotta take you on the last hurt. <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> oh my god. She got my leg. We've got Steph, the hammer. Roach. Oh, you know, before you say anything, Steph, well, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? Good. You know, I was, you know, preparing a little bit for this podcast. I don't do much preparation, but I was thinking and I was like, with your new last name, should your should we change your nickname to the Roach? Well, so this is the thing, okay? Listen, we we talked about it, and you know, and I know, I know you love Ty, okay. Steph the Roach does not sound the same. <laughs> I like it. I think it's got a nice connotation, nice <laughs> ring to it. You know, because, it, it, you know, it's just saying, like, Steph, I'm, I still say Hammerman in my head. Yeah. Like, you're in my phone that way. Yeah. But then, you know, all of your social media is Roach. You know, I get it. You love your husband. You <laughs> love the power tool. He's a good guy. But um, was there any discussion about maybe, hey, Ty, like, I love you, but... <laughs> My last name's a lot cooler than yours. Why don't you take my last no, name? No, so... Um, Ty Hammerman sounds so much better. No, it really doesn't. Um, I actually... A lot of people don't know this, but I'm actually in the process of uh, changing my first name. Um, Are you? To, to just Steph, to, because uh, it's just a lot more of who I feel that I am. And uh, I don't really love when people call me Stephanie. I know people don't mean anything by it, but yeah, uh, if you read my book, you'll know why. <laughs> and uh, I kind of talk about that and literally the evolution well, of, of my name and, and how I found uh, actually people like yourself that helped me really validate who I am as a person now versus who I really was when I first started in fitness. Well, yeah, and I want to talk all about the book, but I do want to give you one idea. Yeah. While you're in the process of changing your name, <laughs> have you considered, rather than going with Steph, going with Papa? No! <laughs> Papa Roach. I can't. This is my last resort! I can't do that, because that's his dad's name. We can't do that. Uh, that's what yeah, I'm but that's not his official name. I'm <laughs> saying you go Papa Roach. That's awesome. Like, now... Now you're talking. Now we sell some books. Are we talking like licensing infringement? Isn't there like a? Isn't there like maybe maybe we go like Mama Roach? You know, uh, yeah. Big Roach, That's Little Roach. Um, but I like it. Still keep it. You're still gonna keep the hammer though, right? Uh, I am gonna still keep the hammer. I do. Uh, I, legally, I, I my last name is Roach, and I wanted it that way. It was very intentional. Um, but all of the social media stuff had been just too uh complex to be able to turn it turn it around it so how is married life you guys have been married what like two years now almost two years yeah it's very exciting we're actually just talking about it november we'll be together seven years and wow. so 
Um, it's the longest relationship either of us have ever been in. And so uh, we were talking about celebrating that. But married life is awesome. We've we've experienced more than most people in young married life. So I think kind of going through what we went through really set a good foundation of either you either break away or you come together. And we we came together really well. So well, you got it. You got a great guy in Ty. You know, I love him and um, great dude. And let's 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 talk about the book because you know I have reached out to you. Supposedly, I say supposedly the book is in the mail. The book, I typically, you know, the book. I do like to read the books of people we have on and kind of explore what's yeah. going on. I will read it when I get it. But tell me more about. I want you know the the title is driven. It's available on. Uh, Amazon. That's probably the best place to order both yeah. Kindle and audiobook, right? Yeah, it's available all over. So you can even find it at Target, Barnes and Noble. Um, oh, it's like legit in the stores. Like you, uh, you, it, it will be later on, but right now we're actually in like a shipping delay because of COVID or whatever they're saying. So uh, it's in pre order right now for hardcover, and then audiobook and ebook are available immediately. So, uh, did you read it? Did I? Re- yeah, like twelve times. <laughs> no, I mean the audiobook. Is it your voice? <laughs> um, yeah, and Ty actually does the forward to the book, and he reads it also, which is really special. So, tell tell me about that process because when I did my audiobook, I hired someone to do it mostly because I didn't think anyone would want to listen to me for so long, and and we did something cool with my audiobook where I like added bonus chapters, you know. Not trying to sell my book, but if you guys want to go to Amazon.com, yeah, best hour of their day. But, you know, in between every chapter, I added bonus material. So I wanted to kind of distinguish the chapter read from those interviews. So it wasn't like all me. What was it like reading your own book? And how long did that take? It took four days. Uh, You did, it was like five hours each day or something like that. And it was a lot. Um, you know, you, you talk and you talk and then you make little mistakes because just like we're on, you know, camera and video or camera and audio right now, if you make the smallest mistake or you cough or you say the P the wrong way, or, you know, you kind of have to go back and redo it. But I went to an incredible studio and, um, I worked with a really wonderful engineer and he made me feel really comfortable um, I got to do the first part of the book and then all the credits in the book, which is really special. Um, but yeah, it was a big learning experience. It was very cathartic. Um, you are actually one of the, the reasons that I really started taking my book really seriously. I remember when... Really? Um, yeah, when you were first writing and you were really struggling, you told yourself, you were like, I'm going to write 100 words every day. Um, in my closet, like regardless of how I feel. And I really struggled with this book. Um, Part of the book is about uh, my upbringing and, you know, uh, I had a wonder, I have a wonderful family, but there's parts of the book that were very, very, very challenging to write. And I was really scared to be my honest, true self. And it took a long time to kind of circle, you know, circle back to those chapters and be like, okay, I'm ready to do this. So the process in total was probably two years. I probably could have done it faster, 
but I really held myself back in some aspects. And I'm kind of glad I did because I think it all worked out for the best and the way that it's written. I'm really, really proud of it. So I thought you were going to say, you know, if he could do it, I can do it. No. So, I mean, but yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I think I stole that from many other authors, but it was, yeah, just that idea of that consistency. It's, it's no different than showing up to work out, right? You don't have to, if you go in with the idea, like I'm going to, I'm going to PR every day, I'm going to do this massive workout. Sometimes it's so daunting where if you're just like, Hey, five minutes on the bike and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And you and I have been friends a really long time. And we, I mean, we've been friends almost a decade now. Um, and it's crazy. We're just getting so old. I, but, and you and I have had honest conversations. And one of the things that I'm not afraid to shy away from is that I'm, I struggle with consistency. I struggle with consistency in just a lot of things in my life, whether it be food, whether it be exercise, whether it be just my mental state, or just in general, like getting a task done. Like Ty always says, I'm really good at like short-term tasks. I am not good at long-term like goals. And I learned that about myself because I would constantly quote unquote fail over and over and over again. And then when I started setting myself up more for success, it was, you know, it was a big learning experience for me. So is, is Ty nervous with your track record because, you know, <laughs> commitment issues? Is he upset, worried? That's the one thing I don't have. That's the one thing I don't have consistency problems with. I am a thousand and ten percent committed. Seven years in, you, you, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe just, you know, you're committed to the things you care most about. No. Yeah, he is incredible. I, we have conversations sometimes where he'll joke around and be like, uh, you know, if he's gone or whatever. And I never want to even think about like him not being around. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so tell me more about getting started with the book. Obviously, you've got a great story. A lot of people, you know, all about it. You know, one of the first, if not the first, you know, really big, I'm going to say, star or athlete, you know, in the female adaptive divisions yes, and, you know, kind of a, a pioneer on that level. I mean, you were, I mean, the, the photo on the cover of the book, as well as many other, you know, great photos of you, the other one, you know, being at like, I think it was at Wadapalooza. Um, you know, there, there's so many gr iconic photos of you mm -hmm. and, and, and you've really inspired a lot of people. Was that part of the the reason you wanted to do this or was it just telling your story or like you said, it was cathartic and you just needed to get it out? You know, I think it's kind of threefold in a sense. So I have, um, I hate talking about myself cause I feel like it's weird, but, um, I am. Oh, I love it. You get used to it. You get used um, to it after a while. I am the world's first CrossFit trainer with a level two certification. And I That's was, right. I was the first, uh, I was the first really to ever do, a, um, a competition, mainstream competition, and create the adaptive division. So the picture that you see on the cover of the book is a moment from the Crush Games in 2013. It was the first ever appearance of an adaptive athlete on a mainstream competition floor. Mike Osuna gave me that opportunity, and it really changed my life. Um, Dylan Molitsky, who you know really well, um, was the announcer on that floor. And he, I don't know what made him do it, um, but he said, Steph, the hammer, Hammerman. And that's where it kind of- That's right, like, Dylan. It, it just 
stuck. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to go with this. And I remember like finishing the crush games and just having this rush feeling of like, I fucking love that. Like that was just such a cool feeling. And um, I tell a bunch of stories about how that moment really snowballed into going to one of the largest competition um you know, experiences and going to Guido who ran Wadapalooza for so many years and saying, this is what I want to do. And he didn't say no. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it kind of gave me the opportunity to open doors for so many people. And my story is not just about myself. My story is really about how people can take the mentality of what I had and what I have and do it for themselves, right? People are so afraid of the word no, but have you ever thought about what happens if somebody says the word yes? Like, are you prepared for somebody to, you're always prepared for somebody to say no, but you're never prepared for somebody to really say yes, right? One of the big learning experiences I had from my husband, from Ty, was people prepare for failure, People are always prepared for for failure. But what happens if you're not prepared for success? What happens if all of a sudden you snap your fingers and this podcast has 50 million people that listen to it and then all of a sudden your inboxes are flooded with, you know, product and and this and, and people asking you to do things. Are you ready for that? Right? And so like that was the concept of like, talking to myself, but also talking to the reader of saying, we need to stop preparing for failure and start really preparing for success. I love it, Steph. And I think you're absolutely right. So many people, regardless of even, you know, and self-admittedly, I've had good success, but still when you, whether it's a new venture or whether it's, you know, just trying, you know, to dabble in something different or, or, or working on your podcast, like you said, for many of us, our initial thoughts become like, I can't do it. I'm going to fail. Or what if it doesn't go well? Like you said, and you know, and, and the team here took a great workshop not too long ago, uh, the Unlifted workshop. And it's like one of the, one of the drills we did was what if, and then insert something positive. Mm-hmm. What if, you know, we go from two listeners to four listeners by the end of this podcast, right? You know, so just kidding, 50 million, you know, but you know, like you said, what if, what if writing a book is easy? What if, you know, the, so I, I love that. I do want to give a shout out. You mentioned some OGs in there. Mike Asuna, um, who started the crush games, uh, Dylan Malitsky now actually flew home with Dylan from the CrossFit games. Uh, we had some great talk and, um, Guido also Trinidad, the founder of Wadapalooza, but tell me more about Mike and the crush games. So were you out there in just the standard division? No. So Mike, this is, I hate this. Again, I, I don't love talking about myself, but I think it's really cool. Well, guess what, Steph? You're on our podcast. No. We can talk about me. I don't mind, but the listeners I know. might. Um, but I am going to, I guess, say a couple of names. So uh, Dave Castro's brother, Kenny, worked for- Kenny Castro, great, great, great human He's being. Yeah, one of the most incredible human beings on the planet Earth. So- I uh, went to Mike with this initial idea. I asked him if I could do it. He said yes. He introduced me to my right-hand man for the Crush Games, um, Brandon Fullwider. Brandon then introduced me to Kenny, and Kenny helped create a rig setup. So I had my own squat rack. So think about it as a squat rack. It was like a rogue squat rack, but with a kid's pull-up bar on it. 
And then the pull-up bar could be adjusted to whatever I needed. So like if I needed to do pull-ups, it would be above me. If I needed to hold onto it for squats, it would be below me. So Kenny and his whole team created this little lane setup. So I was in, I guess you'd say like the scaled division, but I didn't care what division I was in because it was really just a showcase of ability. So at the time, uh, it was a, you know, a small amount of equipment. I didn't need much. I didn't know much, quite honestly. I was still so brand new to CrossFit. But when they gave me that opportunity, it really, it really just sparked something that was like, I think more people are going to want to do this. And Mike was so hyped about it. He gave me so much love and so much opportunity. And he never once cut that short from me. He said, you're going to be on the floor for all five workouts or for whatever it was. And people are going to see you. And he wasn't lying. And then a couple of weeks later, I went back to my gym. I was coaching at CrossFit Conquest in Davie, Florida. Um, one of my absolute favorite gyms to ever be at. And um, one of the owners said, hey, I'm doing this competition called Waterpalooza. I said, I saw, he said, I saw you at Crush Games. I'd love to see, you know, if you could do this at Wadapalooza. And a couple hours later, I got on the phone with Guido and I literally said, you have no idea who I am, but this is what I want to do. And if this works, you're going to be stuck with me for the rest of your life. That's exactly what I said to him. And we, you're the reason he sold Wadapalooza. He was like, I got to get rid of this. <laughs> no. And uh, we've been friends for quite a long time now. So, um, but it is really incredible because it wasn't just something for me. It opened doors to so many things. Uh, we still have a long way to go in the adaptive community, especially for the CrossFit Games, you know, especially for people like myself that do use wheelchairs. But I think it was a really good start and things just take time, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like I said earlier, you're kind of the pioneer of that. And look what it's become now. I mean, the CrossFit Games has seven, eight, nine, I don't know how many, but, you know, quite a few divisions. And I know they're still working on adding more. And I think without you being out there, you know, someone willing to say like, hey, put me out there. And, you know, and then, of course, Mike and Guido and all those guys being behind it. Who knows if we would see that going on right now? Well, um, think about t- Sorry. Think who took that picture of you? Sorry, you, uh, the, the one on the book. Who took that? Do you know? I do know. I, uh, I'll have to send it to you and you can give them a shout out because I, I, uh, I don't know their, their first name. It's escaping me. Um, but I do have his uh, Instagram. I got permission to use it for the cover of the book. So um, I don't know why it's escaping me at this moment. But yes, I, uh, I still kept in touch with them and um, – was able to get permission to use it. So that's really cool. Awesome. Yeah, but we'll have to uh, f- find out more. So the the book's out. I'm sure sales have been going well. Have you heard, do you hear from a lot of people about it? You know, one of my favorite things is when someone posts on social media, you know, whether it's a copy of the book or just a passage from the book. Yeah. Are you, are you getting a lot of that? So right now, no, because you are one of the first people that are going to actually have a hard Oh, it's free. Okay. Um, I, will, so it's- I will be sure to do that if 
supposedly if I you know get <laughs> no, this. No, it's, it's funny. Uh, I just did my first book signing at the Ability Expo, which was super fun. Oh, awesome. And we had a bunch of people wanting to sign the book. Um, people have read it and uh, have listened to it, and they think that it's wonderful. People have been contacting me, you know, whether their kid has CP, they know somebody with CP, they know somebody with a different ability. It's, you know, giving people some sort of hope. So I really like that. Yeah, I mean, and already got quite a few reviews on Amazon. So, you know, I think it's a it's a matter of time. You, are you going to hit the road and try to get to more of these book signings? That's really cool that you're doing that. I think so. I think right now I'm going to try to do some local. Um, I, I have uh, I have about 75 books that I'm trying to do one more local here and hopefully get on some, uh, you know, some news things and get the word out. But, you know, I think I'm just kind of going for the ride and this isn't going to be my, my last book. So I'm just going to try and kind of see what comes next. Awesome. So aside from the book, tell me more about what's going on in your life. I know you've got some online training. I know you launched a podcast. Tell me more about what you've got going on. Yeah. So I run a company called Staying Driven Fitness and uh, I used to own a CrossFit gym in North Carolina. If you watched the best episode of (laughs) your show, Jay came to visit and after you know, we heard the news of the pandemic, we had to close our doors, but we pivoted and we turned everything virtual. So I do, we offer 30 classes a week um, through Zoom. All of them are live classes. I have seven people who work for me and I also work with eight different corporate organizations. So we've got a pretty good thing going for us here. It's a lot of fun. I'd say 95% of our population is adaptive. So it really tapped into a market that I quite honestly was hesitant to be part of, like fully immerse myself in. And I know that's hard for people to understand, but it took a lot of growth and a lot of just understanding myself to really want to accept that, you know, anybody can can do fitness and, and I can open my doors to anyone. And so for me to now literally have 95% of my population either using a chair or having some sort of different ability is pretty cool. So you have 30 classes a week? Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you said you have eight other coaches in there helping you out? Yeah, we have seven coaches. So um, it, it varies. I say I probably coach majority of the classes. You actually work with one of my coaches. His name is Brad Marshall. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Brad's a great guy. Brad was in our dropping in episode of the affiliate yeah. as well. Brad is in, Brad is an incredible coach, and I'm I'm so glad you guys have connected. Um, but yeah, I have coaches from all over. So we have one coach from uh from Canada, which is really cool. Uh, and we have one coach from California, one from or two from North Carolina. We had one in Florida. We're all over the place. So. So, and that's really cool. So you said about 95% of them are adaptive athletes. Yeah. Is, is that just, they're finding out about it, finding out that Steph's running this and, you know, going from there and, you know, telling their friends. Yeah. I think it's a word of mouth thing. I mean, quite honestly, we haven't spent any money on marketing, a uh, $0 on marketing, quite honestly. 
and it's all just been word of mouth. And I, when we work with corporate memberships, let's say you're a big corporate company, you have a certain time slot that all of your corporate members can come to, but then they really want to do more fitness than just once or twice a week. So then they actually buy a membership to staying driven and then they have full access to all of the classes. So it's a pretty cool model and it seems to have worked really well. And I really like it. That, yeah, that's awesome. What are some of the things you noticed? You know, you, you had your affiliate. So what are some of the things that you miss about coaching live classes, but some of the things you enjoy about going virtual? So I definitely miss the in-person aspect of being able to have tactile cueing. So like just being able to physically be like, hey, maybe we should move our arms here or, or you know, just being like in closer proximity to a human being. <laughs> but at the same time, um, it's really taught me that you don't need four walls and a whiteboard to be a successful business. And quite honestly, the gym... I used to look at as a huge failure, but what it really was, was a learning experience because I learned how to value myself and my time and my team. So like I used to kind of give in when somebody would give me like a sob story, you know, oh, I can't pay $135 a month and this is why, and I'm struggling. And yes, staying driven is a lot cheaper. We do $20 a month for all the classes. But if somebody tells me they can't pay the $20, I'm not going to devalue that. If they can't pay it right now, they can come back when they can. You know what I'm saying? If that's something that they mm -hmm. really want to do. Um, and so I, I learned how to not really devalue my product. Now, I saw your eyes go up when I said that it was only $20 a month. And yeah, that's, but it, I, yeah, so, tell me more. But there, so there's a reason. So the corporate memberships, they pay a lot more money, right? So the corporate memberships create that kind of financial foundation. And then the individual memberships, are something that people are able to attain, right? And so it doesn't seem too overwhelming and it doesn't seem too underwhelming, right? It's a, it's a nice even number and they, they get to experience, you know, Ty and I really wanted, and this was Ty's idea, we wanted to do a lot for a little and it really kind of has been paying off, so. Hey, if it's working, it's working. You know, you're coaching a lot of classes are there days you're just in the house all day? I know for me, I have that, like where I'm like, oh man, it's been three days and I've literally not gone outdoors, you know, other than letting the, you know, you got a, a pup as well, but other than letting the dog out, I've not been outdoors. Do you have that go on in your life? Well, so right now, technically I'm supposed to be laying down. I'm supposed to be on bed rest because I have um, an issue that I can't be sitting up for too long, but I wanted to, I didn't want to do this from the bed. Go ahead, lay down, make yourself comfortable. <laughs> no. So, um, but other than that, I try to get out, you know, and we do have some in-person, I do some in-person coaching um, at some different organizations around in Florida. And then I have some personal training clients that come to me. So, um, you know, I, I try to get out as much as possible, but yeah, I'm a lot more, there's a, there's a lot less gas usage, I guess you could say. That's, that's true. I guess the one thing is, yeah, we're saving gas money, but you know, I think for a lot of people, the two years with the pandemic and now for many able to work virtually, you forget like, oh, I miss being around other human beings, especially yeah. at the gym. You know, that's, 
that's the only place I miss other human beings, but you know, you, you miss seeing them at the gym. No, no. Go ahead. Well, I was going to go to a different topic. So what were you going to say? I will say like, um, and this is, it's a big thing for me. I haven't been to a CrossFit gym in two years. Like I haven't, uh, I mean, I've been here and there maybe once or twice, but like I have dumbbells in my house and Ty built me like a, a little gym in our house. But like, I do miss that part. You know, I, I miss the human being like kind of, okay, three, two, one, let's go. But I also have learned the other flip side of that coin is like, I love CrossFit and I will always be so grateful for the foundation of what it gave me. But fitness doesn't necessarily have to look the same as, you know, every single day going to the same place. So yeah, I think that, I think that's a really good point, right? We we kind of create our parameters around what fitness is, but that's a that's a valid point there. Well, what I was going to ask about is the podcast. Tell me, yeah. tell me more. I know you've just launched that. Yeah, so we just launched the Staying Driven podcast. It's a podcast with you in mind. Um, so the Staying Driven tagline is fitness with I mean, me personally, but you mean you, you no. mean generally you. So the tagline for staying driven is fitness with you in mind. So we created the podcast with you in mind and we really talk uh, about the adaptive community and uh, just the, the real life things and what people go through because you don't necessarily understand it unless it's in front of you. Right. So like if you and I were to go out somewhere you and I would spend a couple hours together and then you would start noticing things that you don't necessarily notice when you're walking around with your daughter, right? Or like, you know, is this one place accessible or how people look at me or, you know, the way people talk to me. And so I really wanted to bring light into the different kinds of stories and the different people that I know that have incredible stories, but also just in different circumstances. I, I like that. And you're you're just getting started with that? Yeah. So we're on episode 10 right now. So we've been doing it. I do it weekly. They come out on Thursdays. And uh, it's just a fun way to kind of keep connection with people. I do some in person and then some over Zoom. But um, it's uh, definitely a fun experience. Same thing with the podcast. Like, you know, it, it's it's nice when you get to go in person and talk to someone. Yeah. You know, this is great again to catch up with you, but it's not the same as being in person. Yeah, 100%. But I think, too, it's also, I don't know about you, but kind of changes your confidence in talking to people. I know you don't have a problem with that, and I don't really either. But, like, I think I never really did interview-style stuff. And so I think my first episode to now my 10th episode is even different. Yeah, you, you get better. It's like anything. You know, with podcasting, I, I noticed, A, Fern and I as a team improved. Yeah. You know, we're better at – not speaking over each other or listening or knowing where that other person is going. And then even just community. It's, it's ironic that I'm, I would consider myself really, really good at talking in, to people and small talk, yet I hate people. So it's weird that my skill is based around this idea of talking to people, but I don't actually like being around people. That's like Ty. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like Ty, you know, and for the record, the only time I like people is at the gym. At the gym, you won't get me to, you know, stop talking. That's where I'm like, you know, like Dr. Seuss would say, like I'm, 
you know, it's truer than true. I, you know, that's where I'm you or whatever, yeah. something like that. And, uh, but man, like you take me to a, any other scenario, someone's living room, a bar. No, I, I just sit there like, like I'm, I'm like mute. But um, so you, ever since I've known you, you've just been this like entrepreneurial spirit. Where do you feel like you get that? I know, like, I don't know where I get it either for the record. I just never want to, I think I get it from the desire to never have a job. Right. But where do you get it? your, your, you know, entrepreneurial spirit and this kind of like, go get them attitude. Cause you're nonstop. Mm -hmm. You're always starting something new. I think that I, people had so many expectations or I should say lack of expectation for me um, when I was, you know, first born and then they weren't sure if I was going to survive. And then, you know, they didn't know fully what my diagnosis was going to entail. And like, you know, everybody was kind of good with me having that nine to five job kind of putting me behind a desk and like, you know, um, just taking that job and being okay with my life. And the more that I learned how to use my voice and the more that I learned that people actually liked hearing me, people actually liked being around me and that I wasn't a burden and I wasn't a problem, I started to really like love myself and love just being around people that wanted me to be there. And I can tell you the day that it changed. I walked into a gym on May 3rd of 2012. It was my first day of a CrossFit gym. And nobody nobody asked me, are you sure you want to be here? Are you sure like this is what you want to do? And they were like, no, get on the floor and get back up and like do your thing. And it was so empowering to be like, this person is not looking at me because I use crutches, because I use a wheelchair or because I move differently. They're looking at me like I'm a fucking badass because I just ran a hundred meters. And like that was, that was really powerful. And then when I started to understand that like people didn't view me as stupid, people didn't view me as less than or you know, somebody that should just stay quiet and be in a corner. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to, I'm going to make the most of this. And I've just always, I've been always outgoing. I've wanted to talk to people since I could remember. I was on national television at the age of seven talking about a doll that I had never seen in my life. I was the spokesperson for wheelchair Becky, Barbie's friend in a wheelchair. Really? I didn't know about this. Yeah, and they never showed they never showed me the doll before the interview, and I saw a picture of it in the corner of my eye, and the guy asked me. I was on CNN of all places. And, really, we gotta find this. We gotta Nate. Oh, if you're, I, when you're editing this episode, please please try to find this clip of stuff on CNN. I have it. I can give it to you. Um, all right. But you know how like on the news it, it would say like Jason Ackerman, host of a uh, podcast, right? Mine said. Stephanie Hammerman, disabled seven-year-old. It's like cringy and funny at the same time. 1997, baby. Um, Oh, man. Yeah, Yeah, that's crazy on CNN it said that. The point of that story was that they showed me the, the picture of the doll in the corner of my eye. Like, I saw it, and I just made stuff up, and it sounded good. And I was like, well if I can make this person happy and, you know, I can be myself, I can be authentically who I am. And I didn't, I didn't learn that quite honestly until a really long time after, which I, which I 
regret, but I also learn from, you know, and uh, being a cancer survivor, I think it also gave me that perspective of like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, it's, it's your life and you get to kind of do what you want with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you've battled through so much adversity, you know, in, in your life. And I think that's, that's probably big, you know, I think entrepreneurs are kind of like people that are like, let me take this life that could be calm, you know, that could be the kind of cookie cutter thing, like married, one and a half kids. And let's throw, let's try to make it super stressful and complex, yeah. you know, never knowing where you're next. It's like, we're, we're hunters, right? It's like, <laughs> we're living in the, you know, in the old days, like, all right, when's our next kill coming? Yeah. Right. And I think maybe some of that adversity you dealt with when you were younger allowed you like for you, it's like, you've been through so much, like starting a podcast, easy, writing a book, fine, open an affiliate, whatever. Like, it's like, those are easy things now. Yeah. But I, I also want to say this, people have this perception. We're going to talk about societal perception and social media real quick. Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. So, People have this perception because I have quite a large following on social media and I have a little blue check mark by my name. You do have that blue check mark, okay. It does stress, and, it does make me jealous. And people are people think it's really cool, but let me tell you, like those things don't turn into dollar bills, right? And so fact, you know, actual, yeah. just because you have a large following on social media, this was one of the biggest lessons that I learned from my gym, and I talk about it in my book, is I thought people were going to flood my gym doors because Steph the Hammer was opening a gym. And that wasn't the case. And at the end of the day, yes, I make a living and I'm very proud of myself, but I'm not rolling in millions and millions of dollars yet. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of time to get there. But this societal perception of, oh, she doesn't have to do much because she does X, Y, Z on social media. I make a little bit of money off social media, but it's not what you think. And yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. Yeah, I get those. I get a couple bucks from Meta every month for yeah. my reels and whatnot. But, yeah. but you know, and, and I say that a lot for people in general when it comes to social media. It's like, cool, like you've got a you know great following or like you, you're verified. But at the end of the day, it's kind of meaningless unless you can put some elbow grease behind it and work. I see plenty of people with far more followers than you or me combined, not making money. Cause it's like simply getting followers is not a career path, right? Exactly. Like and it's, it's, it's only valuable if you provide value behind it. And it's sad too, because that little blue check mark, it validates you quote unquote for just like you said, like, Oh, I'm kind of jealous of it. But like when companies look at that, they think, oh, she's got more substance to her. But mm -hmm. then in reality, like, why are we valuing people's substance or, you know, just just valuing people in general? You know, I worked with one of the largest companies in the world. And when they were done with me, they were done with me, you know, and, and that was that. But at the end of the day, like, you've just got to keep moving forward and keep evolving. And I think that's kind of what my story really comes down to is, is I didn't chase, I didn't say, okay, I'm good with the no, I continued to chase the yes, right? And I still do that. You know, I remember I asked you when we 
first met, I don't think you'd ever really worked with anybody like me before. And I wanted to really learn about nutrition. I really wanted to learn about, you know, how to take care of my body more. And you were just willing to say yes. Like, and just because I have a physical disability doesn't mean I don't have a body. Yeah, I think I think uh, everything you're saying there is a, a valuable lesson. You know, that, that, fantastic stuff. Tell me what's next for you. You know, I know you're you're probably staying plenty busy with the online business, the podcast, and now the book. But it, what else is going on? Hey guys, Fern here. Best hour, real quick. If you want to build a fantastic affiliate like Cal Harbor, if you want to have the affiliate of your dreams, you have to learn how to build a really great team. What's one of the biggest improvements that you've seen over the past year? At the box, dedication of my coaches, invested. Caring to make themselves just better at what they do. I see the coaches just invested in themselves. It's hard, you gotta put systems in place. It's one of affiliate owners' biggest struggles. If that's something you're struggling with, reach out, we can help you guys. This can and should be fun. CrossFit's amazing. You can make it amazing for you and your team. Um, I, I really, I need to start really diving into the second project. I really, one of my biggest goals is to write a children's book. And so that's kind of- Ooh, where, I like that. Yeah, where my head is. Uh, kids ask a lot of really cool questions and it comes from a place of genuine curiosity. Um, but I don't think that there's enough um, representation of it's okay to be physically different. It's okay to be friends with somebody that looks different than you. Um, and not necessarily whether it be race or religion, that kind of thing, but just physically like having to move a, a wheelchair or to use a wheelchair. And, you know, um, you know, if your daughter were to see me for the first time, I'm sure she would be, you know, curious as to why I use certain things. And um, I I'm going to ask you about that because I saw, you know, Mikey Swoosh. Yeah. Right. He, he's a little person. And uh, he posted something about that recently, you know, when kids see whether it's a little person or someone in a wheelchair for the first time, you know, don't tell them to be quiet, but, you know, potentially go up to that person and introduce yourself. What, what's your, you know, and I, and it got me thinking, cause you know, Madison's, you know, not talking, well, she's talking, but you know, she babbles nonsense, but mm -hmm. you know, and at some point she's going to be saying something coherent, I hope. <laughs> and, you know, and I, and I was thinking about that. I'm like, well, okay, what am I going to do when she sees someone that she's not seen before, you know, person that she's not seen someone like, so what would you tell, what would your uh, advice be to me? So here's my question to you before advice. Okay. Well, question. Could you imagine if Ty's mom taught him that somebody like me was scary. Our marriage would have never yeah. existed, right? And so if you implant that feeling of fear and you implant that feeling of they're not allowed to ask questions because the curiosity creates uncomfortable conversation or uncomfortable Ooh. moments for you as an adult, you are then projecting to Madison a future partner that can't look like that because that's just, you, you just can't ask any questions, right? And like, that's what I like to think about is if 
his mind was so closed to, no, I can't ask these questions because it's creating such fear or creating such uncomfortableness. We would never be married. We would never have the life that we have, right? And so I'm not saying to have Madison go up to every single person and be like, what? you know, it's different circumstances for different people. Pointing and staring is not a bad thing as a child. They are just observing. And so when you're telling a kid, don't point, it's not, it's not nice to point. It's not, you know, don't, don't um, go up to mommy. Why is that? Daddy, why is that? They want to know. The, the first uh, indication that a child is truly interested is their curiosity. Kids aren't coming up to me because they, they, want to be harmful as to why I use this wheelchair. They want to know how many wheels I have and they want to know why the wheels are so big and why they move the way they do. And so when a little kid comes up to me and he just starts staring or she just starts staring, I'll ask them, you know, I'll I'll ask their parents first because you don't want to be weird, but I'll, I'll ask the parents if I can ask them a question and then I'll say, can you tell me how many wheels this has? and they start counting, right? So you're now involving an educational experience being like, wow, that's really cool. Cars have four wheels and wheelchairs have two wheels or some wheelchairs have six wheels, you know? And it's it's this educational moment of, it doesn't have to be scary because the reality is there are so many people with different abilities, disabilities, whatever you wanna call it, people that use wheelchairs, people that are little people that are parents that have children. And I think it's this concept of like, oh my God, you're gonna have a baby? Or, oh my God, you have a baby? You're raising a child? Mikey Swoosh has beautiful children. And, you know, we we aren't um, most likely going to be able to have biological children, but, you know, I have nieces and nephews. And so I I love children and I'm sure I would love Madison just the same way. Yeah, you carefully, you would not love Madison. <laughs> Most children I get, not Madison. She's but, a nightmare. But I think that that is the most important is to understand that humans are humans and children are just doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing is trying to learn. Now they're not automatically being rude. People are taught how to be rude. Okay, that's a, that's a learned behavior. They're just being curious. Yeah, I think you've summed up why I can't get canceled, Steph, because I'm just curious and I'm basically just a child, yeah. right? So when people people don't get offended by me because I'm literally just curious, but I think it's it's the same principle. You know, Chuck Carswell always told me like, Jay, you've got this gift where you can say whatever you want and no one gets offended. And I said, Chuck, because I'm never trying to be offensive. Like, it's not it's not like I'm trying to be rude. I'm like asking questions out of curiosity's sake and me asking questions and getting to know more is kind of my way of being like, cool, you're just another human being. And I will, I just want to learn more about you. And I think first of all, and I'm not trying to say this just because it's you. I think what you're doing on social media is genius. I think okay. that what you, I can't get that blue check mark, but whatever. I, good. I think that the way that you have turned it into a niche or a niche, whatever you want to call it of the simple writing on the iPad and showing it on the screen, but like saying things that people are thinking, 
and saying things that most gym owners are thinking, right? And, and yeah, I, I don't think you have the ability to get canceled. And I don't think I would let that I'm happen. Testing. I'm trying, but it's un- unsuccessfully. I kind of want to get canceled just so I can chill out, you know, like <laughs> cancel me. Let me chill out for a couple of months. I'll come back. I'll make a big re- resurgence. Yeah. Let, me get a couple months. let me get a couple months off, people. Cancel no, me. But I think I think that you need to understand that you're finding you're finding your purpose and and you're finding something that works for you, right? Social media is just a business. Social media is just a resume, right? And so you're you're doing your thing and it and it's working. So don't let anybody think or don't let anybody make you think that you have to start changing who you are. Well, appreciate that. And yeah, those are again great life lessons. You've become so smart and mature in these last 10 years. You know, we I mean I, I haven't, but you, but you certainly have. I think it's just Ty rubbing off on you. Yeah. He's an old man, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, he, he you're keeping him young, <laughs> you're keeping him spry. And uh, you know, I, I love seeing all that you're doing out there, but before, before we wrap up, let's make sure people know, I know you're going to teach one of your classes coming up, don't you? Yep. You're good. We got about 10 yeah. minutes. So, but I want people to know Steph the Hammer. It's the verified one, right? <laughs> don't go to don't go to Steph the Roach or any or you know any of those. Steph the Hammer with that uh, with that check mark, and then the link to pre order your book is actually right in your bio there. Yep. So, and any, anything um, if people order the book, anything they can do, um, you know, obviously leave a review on Amazon, and you know, take a picture share it, all that good stuff. Yeah, please do. And please let me know what you think of it. You know, and just because hardcovers might not be somebody's thing or the audiobook is somebody's thing, you've got a bunch of different options. We tried to make it as accessible as possible. We had some really cool people write some nice things on the back. So if you don't want to, uh, if you don't want to actually read the whole thing, I guess you could just read the cliff notes. <laughs> I mean, who wrote on the back? You mentioned Hinshaw. He yeah. wrote on the back. So Chris Henshaw wrote on the back, which is really, really, really special to me. We have a very special relationship. We've met almost 10 years ago as well. Um, I had a good friend of mine. His name is Josh Brolin. And oh, you're just name dropping. Name dropping. Yeah. Uh, That's uh, the Goonies. That's the guy from the Goonies, right? To me, he's just Josh. But yes, he uh, he is an incredible actor. And I also How'd you meet Josh? How'd you meet him? I met him through Kenny Kane and uh, Kenny was the owner of CrossFit LA at the gotcha. time. And I had, remember those adapt and conquer shirts that I used yeah. And so he must've seen it, Kenny wearing one or something. And he and his girlfriend now wife, um, they really wanted one. And I didn't know who Josh was um, in the beginning. I, I just thought he was somebody that, uh, Thanos. Thanos now, isn't he? <laughs> I thought he was yeah. somebody like Kenny was training, and um, and so uh, I got him a shirt, sent him a shirt and stuff, and we've just been in touch ever since. And we check in with each other, and he was gracious enough to take a a few days and read the book and write something beautiful for the well, book. If you text Josh, not that he knows who I am, but tell him this. One of my favorite movies is a, an obscure movie that he's in called Old Boy. Okay. Let him know that. Let him know, you know, you're on a big podcast. <laughs> I can. A couple of listeners, and I gave him a shout out. So he's probably going to notice an uptick 
in his social media coming up right now. I don't know. It's funny because yeah. I'd never seen, I, I didn't, obviously, I didn't know who, who he was. And this wasn't a, meant to be a shot, but I'd never seen any of his movies. And so when. You never seen The Goonies? No, never seen. You're just a little too young for The Goonies. Yeah. And I can so when, uh, what's the one with Thanos? The first one, like the. One of, I think just The Avengers. Okay, the one where he blows up like the whole world. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> So I went to see that movie. I'd never seen a Marvel movie in my life. But you wouldn't know he was in that because it's not really like <laughs> I just his face, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I just really appreciate him as the person that he is. And then the final person that wrote on the back of the book um, is a wedding dress designer who who uh, um, designed my dress. And- gotcha. So the wedding dress designer, I'm assuming I was number four on the list. <laughs> The wedding designer was more important than me. Yeah. Well, no. No one is more important than you. Um, Hey, you made my wedding dress. Like, (laughs) can you write on my book? Not this guy. Had me on the podcast, dropping in episodes, but whatever. Yeah. Because I don't have that blue check mark, isn't it? Oh, hush. (laughs) You didn't trust it was me. Hush, hush, hush. But, But, uh, no, this is something I'm super proud of, and I'm just so grateful for your support. I promise that... A handwritten note is on the. Ooh, I hope so. We, in fairness, I did not check the mail yesterday, so it could be sitting there. I know you said you sent it. Like I, you know, it's funny because I reached out to. I think the same day. Yeah, the day before the next day, because yeah, I, I sent them on Saturday, so it's almost a week now. So who knows? Yeah, so it should be. It it might be that you know we don't have like one of those mailboxes right outside. You have to like go to it, so yeah. we don't go all the time. So it could be sitting in the mailbox right now but um and if it is i will grab it and i will read it this weekend i i hope you do it's a really fun read and i hope basically you- just skimming for my name that's I- all i'm doing but oh, i'll read it I-, <laughs> I think it's too it's it's gonna be a fun one for you to read and for people in the crossfit community to read oh for sure because it, you guys will know who i'm talking about <laughs> so yeah that's what's i mean you're you know you know, we read a lot of books like biographies about people we don't know and whether or not, you know, Steph, you know, you know, any CrossFitter we can, we can empathize with and we understand what they're going through in a workout, whether, you know, on their knees of the crush games or in a wheelchair at Wadapalooza doesn't really matter. Like we've all been through it. So it's cool to, 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 you know, hear what you've been going through and, and, and check it out. I'm super excited. I might, I'm going to be honest though. I might have to go purchase the audiobook and just listen to Tyler Read that forward every night. You should. You know, Tyler put me to sleep. It might make you cry though. So now, you that, know, you're, now that you're a dad, it might. Uh oh. Uh oh. I do. I am emotional now as a dad. It is strange. I love seeing you as a dad. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. She's a monster. Roz, Roz has been out a lot the last few nights. I'm putting. It, we've been hanging out. She's she's insane. She's an insane <laughs> little person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's going to get, you know, a lot worse before it gets better, but um, super, super excited to catch up with you. Super excited to see all the great things. Hey, when you're ready to take your podcast to the next level, Steph, you reach out to me. For real. I, I want to yeah. learn about this. This is cool. No, I don't mean the ins and outs. I mean, as a oh. guest, I mean, to have me on as a guest. Oh, I would, uh, I would love to have you on as a guest. Sure, sure. Yeah. Your, your podcast looks a little more professional right now. We're so. getting there. We're we're slowly professionalizing it, but um it's been great catching up with you. The links for those listening 
will be on our YouTube channel and all podcast platforms. So you'll have no problem ordering Steph's book. And um, again, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much.